Good morning, good afternoon, and good night to all of our night listeners. Welcome to the Scammaker podcast, Talk Too Much, the podcast where we talk and ask questions to industry experts about their relevant sector. For today's podcast, we have a very special guest, social media, self-promoting expert, and the managing director of Buttercup Bus Vintage Campers, Natalie. Good morning, Natalie. Hello there. Hi there. Thank you for having me on your podcast. This is Thank exciting. <laughs> so just there, I did briefly just mention Buttercup Bus, but would you like to provide some background to listeners on yourself, what Buttercup Bus is and any other ventures you're currently working on? Yeah, absolutely. So um, we've been trading now for about 13 years um, and Buttercup Bus is a classic VW camper and Beetle events company based in the magnificent Croydon. Um, we have got Last time I counted, I think we're up to 10 vehicles that I manage now, plus wow. a few for a few other clients. And with those vehicles, we do fun things like photo booths set up inside of camper vans, ice cream. I'm, we're making some flavors for the King's Coronation at the moment. So that's fun. Uh, oh, that's very sprinkle, soon, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And then obviously we do a lot of work in the festival scene and, you know, camp, um, on holiday hires. So, yeah, lots and lots of things. <laughs> Yeah, I imagine when it comes to kind of these times, um, I don't know how busy you were last time last year with the um, the Queen's Corona, the Queen's oh, uh, Jubilee. Yeah, absolutely. So we were really busy then. Um, what was interesting is last year, uh, the ice cream was a new concept. That was year one for us. So mm. it was a great way to sort of cut our teeth on it, you know, find our feet. This year, it's like, aha, King's Coronation. I know exactly what we're doing. So uh, it's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, can't wait uh so yeah so personally i first came across natalie buttercup bus uh from the delegate wranglers facebook group uh which for anyone who hasn't joined that group it's a group for all professional conference organizers and events industry suppliers um and the group has over twenty-three thousand members worldwide and i was kind of personally wondering how beneficial has joining a group and engaging with its community like the delegate wranglers been for your business and businesses so Delegate Wranglers is my go-to Facebook group for mm. anything events related. Sure, there are niche ones. So there's like wedding ones if you're doing work in the event sector. But if you're looking for a holistic events professional uh, group, Delegate Wranglers is the best. There's so much professional knowledge in there that people are always willing to share for free. Uh, you can get a lot of inspiration and it's perfect to network with other suppliers um, and, you know, or, or people to collaborate with. So huge fan of Delegate Wranglers. How long have you been a member there, if you roughly know? Who it is? Do you know, I've lost track now, maybe four years, something like that. So just before pandemic? Yeah, pre. it was definitely pre. Do you know what? I lose track with the pandemic. It's like there's a Same. big vortex in the yeah. middle. But um, yeah, maybe a couple of years before the whole um, pandemic kicked off. Yeah, I feel like that whole pandemic period was um, a blip. Just it disappeared. You know what? It disappeared. Not only that, but it was one heck of a challenging time for anyone in the event sector. I know many okay. sectors struggled, but <laughs> our industry was basically made illegal. Which was yeah, really I was, was going to ask because as, as an event supplier, <laughs> how badly did it affect your business? I mean, because you couldn't, you couldn't operate, could you? We couldn't. So as many companies out there handled it, we had to become masters of diversifying. So, for example, we promoted more the holiday hire element of the business and when it was still possible to go on holidays the great british staycation became the only holiday option really for people in the uk and so um you know there was a lot of charm with hiring a classic camper and going mm. out there to enjoy the open road how did you find a business after the uh, things were starting to be lifted the limitations did it pick up suddenly did it kind of go a bit slow or yeah, so that was another challenge for small businesses in the event sector. Um, last year was our busiest year ever on record because a lot of the 
pre-booked events were deferred into that year, along with additional bookings coming in where people were waiting for the pandemic to finish. So I think we delivered about 300 events last year. Um, and of course, there were other challenges such as suppliers maybe not having stuff in stock, uh, sourcing parts from from overseas for the vehicles, uh, rebuilding your team where your poor staff may have had to find alternative work mm. during the, the pandemic. So it, we're here. We're still here to tell the tale and I'm still smiling. Yeah. So <laughs> it wasn't too bad. <laughs> I think that's one of the um, crucial points that you mentioned about rebuilding, because obviously some actual event holders they might not be too confident about how many people they're going to get attending, especially after a pandemic. So whether the budget's there to really go around and spend on various event suppliers and such. But yeah. obviously your business uh, has come through on the good end. <laughs> and I'm, I'm eternally grateful for that. <laughs> yeah. And I wanted to ask about, so how important was social media during that lockdown period and even after it? Oh, so I think it was it was not only important for the survival of the business, but it was important for me as well, because it mm. made me feel like I was still doing something proactive and keeping the brand alive and keeping it there in people's minds. Um, certainly, uh, I talked about pivoting uh, as a way to uh, succeed through the, uh, the pandemic. If you're pivoting and you're launching new business ideas you need to reach your your audience to to advertise it and let them know about it so social media was incredibly important what's more i think there is a huge element of getting empathy and connection to your clients out during that time for example if you were a bride or a groom and your wedding had been cancelled because of you know the pandemic when you just send an email and and you know you say well you know we we can't we can't work on your wedding because we're not allowed to operate that can sound very blunt and harsh but mm. by able to communicate and put a personality across on social media and and talk with people and explain what's happening that's a very powerful tool it's it's also um makes you it makes them want to come back to you more if you've given them quite a personalized response yeah Cause at, I, I, yeah because i imagine yeah. if you give them kind of a blunt no they might be like okay well we might not come back to you when we are about to get a set up and then might go to a competitor or something. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think certainly when we were, I mean, we're still a small business, but when, <laughs> way back when we had just one vehicle, it was very easy to maybe sell a brand based on the personality or the, the business owner that's behind that business. As you grow bigger and, uh, you know, it, it, it's still, it's harder, but it's still important to know that there's that individual there that you can reach out to. Um, and I do do all the social media myself. I'd, I'd love to have an army of people doing it for me, but it is an element of the business that I enjoy doing. And I think it's nice that when people reach out to me on social media, they know it's me, Mrs. Buttercup, that's behind there yeah. talking to them. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really important point. I mean, I, you know, I'm, I'm, for those who do not know, I'm the social media manager at Scamanga Agency. And I think for those very smaller local businesses, that personal touch is pretty much the brand. Um, yeah. And when you get someone on who's taking it over, they need to learn the voice, they need to learn the personality. It's not really the personal touch anymore. They're going to have to try and fake being you in that sense. Uh, absolutely. And obviously, every different brand has a different voice, if you like. So you'd have the more corporate end of the spectrum, whereas we are very much, you know, ice cream and glitter. You're really not going to use the word dovetail or what are those other corporate words too often, are you? It's a different, yeah. more fluffy kind of language. Do you find... Um, once people have used your service, you get quite a few more new business from like word of mouth and referrals. 
Absolutely. I think um, that example I gave with the ice cream being a, a, a great example. So um, every year I get a bit, I, I, you know, I'm always getting itchy feet. I want to move on and try something new and expand. And last year's big um, expansion was I took some welding lessons and built my own ice cream cart and uh, launched the ice cream service. We got all the food hygiene level certificates, etc. It took a year to run that, to learn how to operate it in a, in a slick fashion and to do it well and to get our message and branding out there. This year, I'm getting inundated with inquiries. Rather than me having to push it out, the work seems to be coming to me, which is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so kind of going back to that um, social media uh, strategy and how it's helped you, did you find any specific strategies that did and didn't work while you were trying to adapt social media during, uh, during COVID and post-COVID? Um, do you know what? There, I'm ashamed to, to admit this because I did find a strategy that doesn't work, but I'm going to share it anyway. Um, I think it's really easy to get um, hoodwinked by the idea of having loads of followers against mm. your social media account. Um, and often those are not specific or targeted to your client base. And uh, this is so shameful. I actually, somebody approached me and said, oh, pay us a fiver or whatever. We will share your story and put you on our grid with our 1.2 million followers or what have you. Um, so I did it as an experiment yeah. and it, it did absolutely zero help for the business at all. It was purely a vanity thing and I've learned my lesson and we'll never do that again. Yeah, <laughs> I've, I've learned that the real way to do it is to connect with people, build collaborative groups, create engaging content that actually interests people and is packed with personality. Yeah, I can see that 100% happening. I mean, with some of our clients, one of the uh, one of the big strategies, I mean, you can probably sympathize with this as well, but one of the best ways to grow on Facebook is by joining groups and engaging in those groups and becoming known in those groups. Um, but there's no point, you know, if you're a UK local business, there's no point joining a global group where you've got people from America, India, et cetera. They're not going to come over and buy your product more than likely. <laughs> they should do, but... They should, but they're not going to probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I can see that people can be quite swayed by those big numbers. Yeah, um, it's it's crazy. Yeah. But also at the moment, I feel like that follow account doesn't mean much nowadays. No, I well, I, I guess it depends. If you're one that's maybe looking for, um, you know, uh, adverts, and 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 you're going to go and represent other brands as a um, um, influencer, then maybe pure numbers is is what counts. But we're all about selling services to people that are interested in what we do and so yeah. it's all about a targeted demographic was there any um strategy that maybe after covid had happened or you kind of wish that you did during covid like you look back and you're like oh, i wish i did that during covid or something uh, so <laughs> i think that when it comes to social media, I love to live in the moment. So suddenly, mm. oh, it's it was it was pancake day yesterday, wasn't it? It's like, mm. oh, I probably should have prepared something for pancake day. And I don't know, like a camper van serving pancakes or something. And then I would have had some really good targeted content relevant to that day. Um, and I think one of the things I've learned and could still um, get better at is forwards planning for the year ahead, mm. creating... Um, something that I'm a huge fan of is styled shoots where you collaborate with other people that complement your services um, and coming up with a professional shoot that showcases all of us. We create a pod together to help share and boost each other's content. And if we 
did styled shoots topics over, um, you know, focused around topics over the next 12 months. For example, a king's coronation shoot now ready to drop for, for when that happens or um, then that would be really helpful. I am planning a Christmas shoot that's going to be coming up fairly soon. So I'm getting <laughs> <Christmas> better. <laughs> so a Christmas shoot coming up soon. A Christmas shoot coming up soon. We'll obviously hold that content and then drip yeah. that. I've got um, a little surprise that we're looking to launch for uh, December this year. Mm. So uh, I know that I can't wait till December to market it. It needs to be marketed probably from October. Yeah. This year, I'm going to be organized. So watch this space. <laughs> yeah. So do you, do you kind of keep an eye out for those kind of like awareness days that might be relevant on social media to kind of maybe hop on or engage with and post content? Yeah. I, I do try and I, eventually if you constantly take part in shoots you may be a year behind but eventually you build up a bank of images and mm. sure enough on my like Dropbox folder I've got like Easter orientated ones summer orientated ones they're all categories along with the collaboration group and all their uh, social media handles so every time I use that content I'll always tag them all in mm. and it creates you know more of a buzz and it's helping everybody which is the very nature of doing doing the shoots yeah so um one I'd, i'm quite like i've had a bit of success with this for a couple of years now is international women's day yeah. and as a female-led business um and a woman working in uh, essentially a motor trade industry i suppose you could say um down down the alley with all all the mechanics and everything um and so we organized a styled shoot down at the workshop with mm. some you know vehicle uh, engine management a few photos um, and that actually resulted in an article uh, that hit social media and it was really helpful. So sometimes you just got to put a spin on it and, and think ahead. Yeah, there's <laughs> definitely a lot of, I mean, there, I mean, there's awareness days for anything at the moment. I feel like um, if you want to look up, you know, social media awareness days, you're going to find something for every single day, multiple days. Uh, I think it's more picking out the, the niche ones, but also ones that are kind of relevant, but maybe a bit yeah. fun. I mean, for, for example, there's a rubber ducky day um there's a talk like a pirate day um so there's a lot of silly ones but i think those, i think those silly ones also do have a place yeah it might, it might lighten up because there's a lot of negativity in the world nowadays and i feel like a bit of there fun is fun, there is, do you know what you've got to have a bit of fun Ju just yesterday i posted a story on our butter uh buttercup bus instagram story and i was talking about how we're trying to come up with some flavors for the king's coronation mm. so we're looking at um red white and blue ice cream I'd Google to have a look for some inspiration. I found someone that had created ice cream that looked just like Aquafresh toothpaste, you know, with the red, white, and blue. Oh, yes, yeah. So I posted that up there for a bit of a giggle. You've got to have a bit of fun. Yeah. <laughs> Is that something that you've done where you actually asked your followers or community to come up with an idea for the brand or to vote on an idea? So I didn't with the ice cream flavors because I needed to move fairly quickly on that one. But what I have done is um, I mentioned that we've got sort of up to 10 vehicles that we're managing at the moment. And there's been occasions where I've had a new vehicle coming into our fleet. It's always a really exciting moment. It's like having a new child join your family. <laughs> Um, and we've had some naming competitions. So some of my uh, and there's a bit of the structure around the naming um, competition because the company's Buttercup Bus. So mm. I've had a bit of a B thing going on. So most of our vehicles begin with the letter B. So we did a competition and people came up with all these names. There's lots of engagement on our social media. Yeah. And I managed to get some great names for the vehicles, too. <laughs> yeah, so, so if anyone's looking to try and name a vehicle, keep an eye out for the next time you get a new uh, addition to your fleet. Yeah, absolutely. And it's got to begin with B. 
<laughs> it got to be a movie. So I was, I was wondering, so obviously you're very active on social media. I mean, I've seen you or not. I've seen you on Instagram and Facebook. Um, but is there a sp- any specific social media platforms that you think stand out for being very suitable for Buttercup Bus? Because um, we're offering a product and a service. It's mm. very visual. It's iconic. There's a lot of nostalgia involved with, with, with the, the classic campers. Um, anything that involves pictures works massively in our f- um, favor. Mm. We call it sort of scroll stopping images. People just naturally, uh, well, it's kind of Marmite, but if you're into that kind of thing, some of the pictures that we have are really going to stop you scrolling and have a look and want to find out more. And because of that, I would find that Instagram is the most um, useful platform for yeah. us. I link Instagram to Facebook. I've found a, decli- a significant decline on engagement on our Facebook channels over recent years, which is mm. interesting. And it's definitely picked up on Instagram. I still use Facebook and I use, find it very useful to reach out to groups for myself. But our main content is pushed out on Instagram. Um, it also links to Twitter. So everything goes out on Twitter as well. Um, I'm trying to get better at TikTok. I, I don't know. <laughs> I've just, my allegiance is we're doing reels with uh, with Instagram, but I need to push more out on TikTok. And LinkedIn is probably somewhere where I fall a little bit short. Hmm. Um, I don't have any problems with putting stuff on Instagram. I just find that sometimes some of the tools that allow everything to link up in one tap don't work as slick as I would like. And also a lot of my clients are B2C rather than B2B. Mm. Is Twitter a platform that you uh, use or? Yeah, I do use that. Again, it's just done by, um, without getting too techie, it's like one of those relay systems. So you pop something out on Instagram and it will automatically push it out to Twitter to keep it simple. Yeah. I mean, I think TikTok is the new big one for anyone in that kind of event, event supplier kind of consumer sector to really consider but at least i know there is a bit of support for converting instagram real content into tiktoks so it shouldn't be too hard i think yeah i just need to get get into that psyche but um it's pretty good fun i'm definitely more of a watcher on that i get sucked Mm. in for hours (laughs) same yeah i had to uh, remove it from my phone for a bit because i was like oh i'm spending you know it's like a midnight and two hours later 2 a.m i'm still there just swiping through these five ten second <laughs> video contents um and also on, on the down note i feel like it's uh reduced my attention span a tiny bit uh, oh absolutely yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll wake up in the morning like dry eyes going oh my god why did i watch those ridiculous like um videos although sometimes i do get some interesting information that comes mm, through that's industry related and i get kudos from my kids that don't think i'm too out of touch <laughs> <laughs> it's also interesting you mentioned about the whole facebook stats i mean just to, i mean p- uh, personally i run a bunch of um facebook pages around gaming and okay. they, they have maybe like you know some have fifty thousand followers some have got forty thousand followers etc and over the last few years i really noticed a very very sharp decline um but i've what i've noticed what facebook now does is i post it and then it says to reach the remaining of your audience boost this post um, yes and that's how they're trying to get you. So it feels like they're not showing it to all my actual followers and they're trying to lock some behind a paywall, which is, it feels a bit um, bad when you've earned those followers in the first place. Yeah, it's definitely a huge push for it to be commercialized. No doubt that's going to become increasingly the case with Instagram. And so you're always chasing the next platform, TikTok, to, to try and reach your, your followers. Um, I also wonder if, interestingly, so I know gaming appeals to to lots of different people. Yeah. Um, but I'm also trying to sort of link it to age bracket. Hmm. So, for example, with um, 
we, we deal with all sorts of different services. But if I bring it back to just thinking about the wedding industry for a moment, typically you're going to get a certain age demographic that yeah. are out there looking to get married. And so those people are perhaps less the age group that would be, which is an older group that would be using Facebook and tend to be more focused on Instagram and probably even more so increasingly over to TikTok. So yeah. I have to yeah. chase, I have to chase the platforms that my people, you know, are using really. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask, what, what would you say that age demographic is for wedding planning nowadays? Do you know, it's, it's really tricky. Mm. I think just because the gen- the cost of living, you know, the cost of living crisis, how difficult it is to get on the housing market these days. I truly believe that people are waiting a little bit later until they get married now. Hmm. So um, perhaps we're talking sort of the, the 30s demographic, but that's just very much a gut feel. So yeah. <laughs> don't quote me on that. <laughs> yeah. One thing that you mentioned when we spoke briefly before and also during this was about um building like this industry network and having like this kind of trusted sharing pod uh, for content integration and tagging. Now, I know you mentioned about the paid promotion that you did, but that wouldn't be one of the things that was in your sharing pod. No, absolutely. So yeah. Yeah. Where I've had a lot of success and have built some wonderful friends that, uh, you know, especially if you work at home, you don't really get to sit in the office and chat with other yeah. people. So for me, doing something called a styled shoot is like a huge social event as well. And you get to put it under the bracket of work and you create some incredible content, uh, image content as well, well as business and friendship uh, networks. Um, and so, um Again, if I use the ice cream as an example, yeah. that was a new product. So I didn't have any pretty images. Me standing in my mum and dad's back garden, uh, you know, serving ice cream was nice, but it, it wasn't the quality of images that I needed to really promote the brand. So um, I reached out to a network of people in the events industry that I've worked with in the past for our other services. And we uh, found a venue and we got a style and a mood board together and a color palette Mm. and then reached out and found loads of local suppliers. So we're supporting, you know, local people. Uh, We had, you know, um, models, a a wonderful actress. Um, There was a couple of professional photographers there, stylists, balloons. Um, We actually got it done in Corydon hometown over at the Corydon aerodrome um, and got some gorgeous 1950s inspired images um showcasing the ice cream and we even went to town my amazing ice cream supplier does custom ice cream that we get freshly made and we match the color palette of the ice cream to the color palette of the styled shoot so all tied in as a visual treat and those photos have carried me a long way they go in my brochures they go on all our social media they're on the website and of course when we use them we tag everybody Mm -hmm. that was involved If they see my setup and they saw the balloons on there, well, I don't do balloons, but I would then point them to the supplier from that shoot and say, well, this is the balloon person you want to use. Mm. Um, so it all helps each other. Yeah. So it gives you, it gives you content to share. And then when it gets, when the tagging begins, you know, it gives them a bit of promotion. It gives you a bit of promotion. Everyone's happy. Absolutely. And we had a lovely day out eating ice cream. Of course. And as you said, it, it falls under work. It does. <laughs> <laughs> it's one big work expense. Um, do you have any like examples about how beneficial working with complementary partners has been, as well as just that example? 
Yeah. So if I were to give a little bit more of a sneaky hint on um, the Christmas project that mm. we've got coming up, for example. Um, so over the past years, I've um, had our vans out. They also can be wedding cars. And we were, were working at a Croydon venue where we met a um, professional wedding photographer she took some photos of our camper van with the bride and groom um without us asking as a beautiful surprise one day sent some of these beautiful professional photos through to us along with her um brand name mm. and um so to use these images we had to obviously tag her i fully appreciated the images and kept her name on file as well and then this new project's cropped up where we're going to hopefully be able to do some christmas services and so I'm like, right, I know her style. I love the color and the feel of, of her, um, her photography. It's a great match of our brand. So I then went and reached out to her proactively and said, look, doing this Christmas project, I need some photos to market it, but I don't just want to take from you. Not only can we collaborate together and cross promote the images, but then for the Christmas project, we need a photographer and it will be a commercial offering. Would you like to be my partner to work on that project, which mm. she went on and, and took? So um, by doing shoots, we built a relationship that's going to go on to a project that's going to make us, you know, some, some turnover, hopefully, and also have a lot of fun. And I know that the person that I'm going to be working with is not someone that I've just cold reached out to on a directory or had to be bombarded with hard sales calls. I've been able to go out and curate the person uh, with the right skill sets that I'm going to get on really well with to deliver the project. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Uh, a lot of, uh, so a lot of our listeners are people, you know, one man bands. Um, if they, you know, they're listening to this, it sounds amazing. They want to kind of get a piece of like this whole, um, you know, sharing pod and engaging other businesses. But let's say they haven't joined any groups, they haven't joined any communities. Where would you suggest like a new person starts to kind of get into this, maybe try and find their own sharing pod of content? Absolutely. So first of all, find the platform that suits the nature of your business. Hmm. Um, for me, it's Facebook. Um, and I think that Facebook is really good for bringing different people together to collaborate on things, yeah. perhaps more so than marketing these days. And um, you, there's um, groups for all sorts of industries and businesses. Um, and I would go into that group. So, for example, you said you you had gaming groups. So. Yeah you'd maybe want to go in there and not ask or try and seek anything for the first few months. You want to go in there and build up a reputation as someone that's helpful, friendly and positive. And if questions come up, maybe without being too self-promotional, going in there and trying to help them to resolve their challenge or maybe share something that you've done in the past. And once you've sort of built up that trust with that group, um, you might be able to go out and say, hey, I've got this product. Here's some pictures. I would really love to find some like minded people that would like to work with me. Could we maybe organize a shoot? Has anybody got anything they'd like to bring to the shoot? Uh, is there any photographers? Maybe some elements of that shoot. Nobody wants to collaborate, but need to be paid for. Well, would the others collaborate together to pay for that person to come and join the shoot? And suddenly you've got a project that you've shared and you can come together and, you know, produce something. But as I said, it is important to build that trust. Nobody's going to want to work with somebody, you know, straight up if you go in there trying to sell something from day one. Yeah. And you mentioned there's like a, you know, there's a very nice kind of a bit of a sly way, you know, of doing it where if someone asks a question, maybe that question is an answer. That's on maybe what your website, for example, and you can link them to your website being like, you know, hi, 
um, you know, here's the answer to your question. If you'd like to learn more, here's a link to my website where, you know, I provide more information, kind of like not blatant self-promotion, but being a mix of useful. And also um, it's important to mention, you know, when you join some groups that they do have quite strict rules around um, self-promotion. Um, so it's always good to check those uh, rules with the group admin or the group moderators, et cetera. They do. I think as well, certainly with uh, community groups. So if you mm. look at local groups in the area, it could be a group for parents. It could be a group for sports, whatever it is. If you go into that group, they often have rules about do not share your business content unless it's a Wednesday, 12 till four or something like that. So you've got to make sure you play by those rules. Yeah, de um, uh, like delegate wranglers, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If you just flood the feeds, you're going to get a slap wrist and kicked out the group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you want to you want to keep an eye on that for sure. Um, yeah. So, for some closing thoughts, if anyone would like to get in contact with you or use your services, how can they find you? Sure. So, um, we are based in Croydon. We cover a forty mile radius. Our website is buttercupbus.com. Uh, and if you want to catch us on that all important Instagram handle, that's the one to catch me, Natalie. And uh, the handle is at Buttercup Bus. Pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you for coming on the podcast, Natalie. It was a really interesting chat. Uh, and myself and I'm sure some of the listeners are going to go away from this having learned more. Thank you very much. It was lovely to chat to you today. Uh, thank you, Natalie.